Stafford out of the gun. Matthews got it. Chicago sends four. Stafford stepping up in the pocket. Now rolling right, looking for somewhere to go. Stafford loads and throws deep down the field. It is Marvin Jones he's going for. And he caught it. Oh, Marvin, you're spectacular. Inside the 15-yard line. That is something else. What's up, Lions fans, and welcome back to the Blue Blood Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, alongside here with your host, Colton. Hey, guys. How's it going? And today we're coming at you with episode four of Training Camp. All right, <laughs> episode four, Training Camp, titled. There we go. Um, first off, we're going to start with the aspects and thoughts we got from day one. That is going to be number one for me, and that's a big deal to me, and I'm excited about, honestly. Jonah Jackson is actually starting at right guard right now. We don't know how permanent that is, um, but it's good signs. It's been two days in a row now. So, Colton, what do you got on that? So, yeah, I think I think we talked about it on our first episode that he's kind of the, the rookie that's going to see the most playing time at the beginning, and it's uh, taking place in training camp, as as we can see. Um, I also wrote down that he did, uh, for the second team, he, he did backup center as well with Wiggins taking over right guard. Yeah, and that's something that is good because we always need a backup center, honestly. As, as weird as that sounds, we do need a backup center. So, um, what other aspect did you get and thing did you look at that you were excited about for day one? Let's see, one of the biggest notes that I have from day one is that Matthew Stafford's back on the field. He's got pads on, he's got a jersey on, and he's got a helmet, and he's throwing the ball, and according to some beat writers, he looks like he's in mid-season form, and that's fantastic to hear after not seeing him since, oh, what, November 3rd? So, that's fantastic to hear. That's a long time. Jeez, that's a long time. What is that, September, October, November? That's nine months ago? That is yeah. nuts. Yeah, I'm happy to see him back as well. Um, and I guess off of that, also um, dealing with who's catching the passes from him, Marvin Kenny G are already showing out again. Uh, Marvin Jones had a one-handed grab. I forget who that was against. Do you remember? I don't. Okay. I want to say it was maybe Imani, but um, Marv's already showing out. We already know how great he can be. And our wide receiver one, Kenny G, he actually made a leaping grab over Justin Coleman with Tracy Walker also in coverage. So I love my receivers. I love our guys. I'm just excited to see him back out there and balling again. But you got anything off of that? Uh, Yeah, I, we were talking about this just before we started recording, but I just kind of hate like this part of like the football season where training camp and like Every positive is also a negative, like Marvin making a one-handed grab is also like, come on, like, Trufant, like, knock it away, you know? Yeah, but, like, what what do we want, what do we actually want? Like, do we want the offense to do that much better? Do we want the defense to do that much better? Do we want, like, an in-between thing? Like, I don't understand. What, do you, I think we, what feeling I, are you supposed to have? I think we want an in-between thing, maybe a slight edge to the offense, since we know the defense is kind of, you know? Mm. Okay. So. Off-topic question. Uh, Off-topic question. What do you expect our defensive ranking to be? Overall, not like passing, not rushing, just overall defensive ranking. What do you expect it to be, and what are you like hoping it can be at its highest potential? 
What, so are you going by yards allowed then? Yeah, yeah, yards allowed in points, just like mixed, like between first and 32nd. What do you think? Gotcha, so team defense is normally calculated by yards given up, and mm-hmm. I think we were 31st to the Cardinals, 30th. Awesome. We were, we we're like bottom four for sure. Um, let's see, where do I, where do I think the defense will be? Yeah. Uh, 18. Ooh, know that? 18, 19, 20, somewhere around there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if it's like anything like within 20 to anything 20 or above, I'm feeling good about. That's true. Not, Not feeling good, but feeling better than I did about 2019. Yeah. And I think that realistically, our defense, yeah, I think our our defense is gonna be top twenty. But I'm hoping they could be top half, sixteen, fifteen. If they're, if we have a top half defense with how good I think our running game is gonna be, and Matthew Stafford and the weapons we got, oh my goodness, this is gonna be a great year. But that's all the dominoes falling right, and that's something that has never happened before, personally, um, for me being a Lions fan, and for you either. So, yeah. Uh, we can dream. We can always dream. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the third thing I saw on day one and a little bit on day two as well from the Lions beat writers. Uh, David Blau is actually looking a lot better, they said, from last year, which is encouraging to say the least. So I like that. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? And where do you see him fitting in on the roster, if at all? So I think obviously that's a good sign. Um, I think it was Jeremy Reisman who said that uh, Blau looked looked like he improved a ton based on when we saw him last, which was week 17 of last year. So I think that's fantastic to hear. And I think that he ends up as the third quarterback on the roster. I think the Lions carry three um, just due to the possibility that a quarterback uh, receives a positive coronavirus test and can't play that day. So let's say... Uh, let's say Chase Daniel gets one week two and then instead of having to panic right before game time and maybe having oh geez who's our backup who's our emergency quarterback normally it's a punter I guess it's Sipos or Fox we'll see who wins I don't know that's maybe it's Amendola Amendola. okay okay it probably is Amendola if that makes sense (laughs) I'm just Um, saying worst case scenario you, you saw Matt Prater Throwing that dime to what was it, Logan Thomas, um, in the Packers game? It was Levine Toilolo. Oh no, Levine Toilolo, not yeah. Logan Thomas. Just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. One year too early. There we go. Hey, that was a dime though. I'm just saying. <laughs> Ooh, as good as Amendola's though. Oh no, Amendola played quarterback. He played quarterback in high school, right? Oh no, or in college. And I was thinking Edelman, not Amendola. Just yeah. kidding. I'm talking about Amendola's pass to Blau in Week 17. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And, hey, I mean, it was nice when we had Logan Thomas on the roster because he actually did play quarterback in the yeah. NFL. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't even want to think about that, man, honestly. I'd rather bring in a free agent and have him start than have us choose one of our wide receivers yeah. or a punter. That's, oh. Yeah, so I no. think that's the that's the reason they'll keep three quarterbacks on the roster so they're not forced into that situation um, where they have to be like, hey, Danny, sorry, but you're on quarterback duties. Um, yeah. 
No. So I think they he ends up as the third quarterback with Chase Daniel winning the second option. Yeah, and honestly, like where I was a couple weeks ago and where I am now, I thought we were only going to keep two because I like only keeping two. We don't need a third quarterback on the roster. At least we didn't. But, yeah, with COVID going around now, you're sitting there, and, yeah, you're right. You get a guy that's test positive. He's not able to play that week because it's too close to the game, and you're screwed. So, yeah, I think we're actually going to carry three quarterbacks this year, and I'm happy about it, to be honest with you, because hopefully Bob does develop. I'm not against him, but I didn't think he had nearly as good of a season as he should have had. Yes, he was a rookie. Um, He was a late-round rookie, too. I want to say, like, round seven when he was drafted by the Browns, something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. But still, I I wish I wish he would have performed a little bit better. But if he's able to grow, and I um already heard that he was taking plenty of notes and picking the brains and asking um any and all questions for or from Chase Daniel, which is good. That's what he's there for. But um, all right then, let's go ahead and ask you what is your next topic from day one. So my next topic is about the cornerbacks. Um. So for back to day one or still on day one, uh, we saw Amani and Trufant as cornerbacks on the first team, um, and then Okuda was on the was on the second team. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Makes sense. Like we did the same thing. I think we've done the same thing with who was it? Derek Davis. I think was a day one starter when he came in. I'm pretty sure, but I know Hawk wasn't. He was competing for with Jesse James. Yeah. And he was a number eight pick. And I knew Okuda wasn't going to come in and start right away either. Especially, Those are the probably the two hardest positions, wouldn't you say? I think those are the two hardest positions on offense and defense to acclimate to right away. Outside of quarterback, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I really do. Those are the hardest ones. So, no. And a uh, little bit, I guess, of a preview to day two. And just in general for both of those days, they said Okuda had bad footing. Um, and I think we both saw that video. Um, Kenny Galladay kind of, I guess to put it politely, uh, beat him on a route. Um, <laughs> that was bad, dude. Spun him around but, pretty good. Yeah, he did. Hey, I mean, Kenny Galladay going to be an all-pro receiver, so easily um, makes sense for him to make a play like that on a rookie corner. Um, Yes, he's not just any rookie corner, but I'm not surprised that that happened. And also with the bad footing, it's just his cleats. I'm going to be honest with you. That's what I really think it is. Literally getting his feet under him is what Jeff Okuda is working on. But at the same time, I think he just needs to switch out his cleats, get used to the field, and he'll be fine. I'm not worried at all. Are you? Absolutely not. I have highlighted that uh, it's too early for Okuda concerns. And, yeah, his footwork is the main thing I saw people complaining about. And, like, I actually saw people on Twitter, like, angry and saying he was a bust because he didn't win every rep in two days. Oh, you got to unfollow those people, man. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't following him. If I was, I would have, oh, I wouldn't have been able to keep my cool, man. That's all I got to say. Anyways, um, on Amani, though, I'm glad he's starting. I like to see him getting those uh, number one reps. He needs that. He's getting better and better, and I'm hoping that we can have an Amani and Okuda tandem soon, whether it's this season, next season, or the year after. I think we're going to have a good quarterback tandem. 
Um, all right, one of my last notes on day one. Uh, right now, this is for both days. Uh, they got Harmon playing deep and just covering over the top, and then Tracy Walker is in the middle of the field right now, being able to come down in the box, get up on those tight ends, um, play physical. He's a big guy. And then would you like to introduce the Lions offense new slogan of 2020? Actually, before that, sorry, kind of going off script for a little bit. Um, wow, he just ruined my thunder. It's okay, though. It's okay. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, we didn't even talk about this when we were preparing for this, but um, Kenny Galladay has a, had a press conference uh, after day one, and they talked about the contract. Oh. Did you catch I have the notes right here. Did you catch any of that? Um, I saw, like what he said i didn't get to watch the full thing by any means but go ahead so yeah someone asked him like hey kenny how are your contracts going i forget who asked him that and he said i mean it's a little concerning i mean i still think they'll get a contract done before uh free agency but he said as of right now contracts are nowhere contract talks involving him are nowhere and that he's just really trying to control what he can control but i think the biggest part is that he emphasizes that he really wants to be here in Detroit um, and that he's going to do what he can to get that done, but he's going to let his his agent and the front office take care of that, and I think it'll get done here in the next month or two. And that's what I saw is that he wants to be here and he wants to play here and that the contract's going to get done. I didn't. I don't know if I even saw the part about him saying that the contracts are literally nowhere. I did not. I don't think I knew that. What, so I watched the, I watched the, that part live, and it sounded less like they, it didn't sound like they aren't existent, but more like, he's not really involved. It's kind okay. of just in between him and his, uh, or between the agent and the front office. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks or not yet, but like, Ramsey got pissed because the reporters kept asking him about his freaking contract. Like, yes, I get it. That's what their job is, but you need to chill out. Like, they give you an answer, leave it alone, move on to the next question. Yes, I get it. Reporters don't do that. It's their job. They need to pry. They need to get to the juicy answers. They need to get to the drama. But at the same time, he said the same exact thing. He said, I told my agent to call me when there's a deal done, and that's it. He doesn't want to hear anything else. It's not the player's job to know about their contract. They pay their agent for a reason. The agent gets them the best money they can. They ask them if that's good. They're good to go. You sign it, you're good. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It is what it is, and yes, Kenny Galladay will be a lion past twenty twenty two even. So I'm not worried about it. I'd go way farther than that, but yeah, totally. I'd agree. go way farther than that too, but at least, at least, at least that. Um. Okay. Anyways, All right, back to you. Go, go for it. Okay. This is my time to shine, baby. Matthew Stafford was credited by T.J. Hawkinson. For the new Lions 2020 offensive slogan for the fourth quarter. That is dagger time. I cannot get hammer time out of my head, man. That's all I keep thinking about. <laughs> I want to start dancing every time I hear this. I don't know. Like, I mean, hey, it's cool. It sounds it sounds nice, but very random. I did not see that coming. Um, yeah, I think it was day one. It was a weird report. Weird everything. But, oh, hey. It's oh. cool. Man. <laughs> All right. I'm on the exact opposite of the spectrum where I think dagger time perfectly 
describes Matthew Stafford and what he does best. Um, I think that's true. Going back to 2016 and 2017 where Lions got the ball, 30 seconds left, get get some points. Whether that's every a touchdown time. or a field goal. And yeah, Eight times. Every time. Eight so. freaking times. Yeah. No, and on a serious note, though, it's actually it's it's pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like that's a that's a t-shirt I'd wear. Something I'd <laughs> have on the back of a sweatshirt, walking around with a Lions logo on it. I'm just saying. Um, and yeah, that is also uh, to clarify that is for the fourth quarter of the games when that happens. He's, I'm I'm wondering if it's gonna show up on like the jumbotron with the no fans in the stadium and the audio uh, noise of fake fans now. Oh, and that's something else we could actually talk about um, later on in the podcast. I'll bring something else up on a tweet that I saw. And I know you also have one to bring up, so we'll talk about that later. But, man, honestly, we're getting pretty good at this podcast thing. I feel like we're getting, like, a smooth transition. I'm getting better at editing. It's it's not an easy task, to be honest with you. And you're great with all your photo edits. Like, I'm liking <laughs> this. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, it's going pretty good so far. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, anyways, sorry about that. I'm just, I don't know. We're, it's fun. This is fun. I like talking about Lions football. I don't know who doesn't, but let's go ahead and move on to day two. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with you. What do you got for your first impression, thoughts, and aspects that you found? Um, let's see. So I'm going to talk about the most exciting one first, um, and that's DeAndre Swift. It kind of sounded like he was the star of the show day two. Um I have written in quotes, don't have who the quote's from, but that he was eating up linebackers in one-on-one drills. I think it was against Jared Davis, Elijah Lee, and I can't remember who the third one was, but he was just destroying Jason him. Cabinda. Jason Cabinda. That's who it was. I, You're I, right. I don't know how you say it. I don't know if that's right, but that sounds like his name. Yeah. Yeah. So DeAndre Swift was kind of the star of the show, and like we said before, I'm just really pumped for to see what he does on uh, during the regular season. Dude, oh my gosh. And you were telling me earlier, um, Danny O, Dan Orlovsky, was saying that he's our version of Alvin Kamara. He really is. We talked about it when we had our first episode about the rookies. He is very much height, weight, vertical, broad jump, 40 time, very identical to Kamara and Cook. And if he can bring that to the table, that's amazing, man. I am so excited. He's a freak, bro. He really is. He's so he's even as much hype as he's getting and bringing to Detroit. Honestly, already, he's still underrated in the national eye. I think people, um, the Lions fan base, are getting a little ahead of themselves. He's still a rookie, which he's still gonna have great numbers. But um, yeah, I still think he doesn't get enough respect. It'll be crazy to see how amazing. Um, amazingly silly he makes the linebackers look to be quite honest with you when we're playing other teams yeah question um, for you real quick yeah, yeah um, you so we've kind of already seen the uh, the Patricia regime kind of implement a running back uh, with carry on Johnson in 2018 do you think that DeAndre Swift kind of gets used in the same way the first couple of weeks where it's like eh, the first week more the second week and then by week three oh. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, honestly, no. I don't see them easing him in. I see them maybe week one. Like, week one, it's super slow. 
and like he only gets let's say 10 carries 10 15 but mind you that's just carries i'm not talking about um receptions you can get another 10 receptions by week two especially week three like he's gonna be full go he'll be getting i think 50 percent or close to 50 percent of the carries i don't think there's gonna be there's not gonna be a reason for us to ease him in yes i get that's what you should do with rookies but he's too good not to play. I think he's ahead of everybody else, to be quite honest with you, at the running back position, like compared to the other rookies. I really do. Yeah, That's I just my so. opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think and in addition that helps Swift is that uh, running back is one of the, I think is one of the easiest positions uh, to transition from college to the NFL. It is, if you have the right body type and you have the good mindset and you're smart and you dive into your playbook. Um, okay, so another rookie on a positive note um, that has been balling lately, and I've seen a couple times. Uh, I think it was with uh, Justin Rogers, I think, wrote about it. Quintez Cephas, he is showing out. He beat, oh, I cannot remember. <laughs> what? Who did he, oh. oh, I know who he beat. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, that, that's why I was laughing because I thought that's why you said it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat uh, Okuda on a couple reps. Whatever. As back I'm sitting back. here with my username being Okuda1331. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, shut it. It doesn't matter. Hey, and hey, in his defense, though, Okuda said that was the best wide receiver he played with in the country. So, in his eyes, it's just a friendly battle, and he just got the best of him a couple times. It's not like it's a number eight overall pick versus a fifth round. <laughs> that is some unity thing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so Quintez, Cephas, he actually caught a touchdown in seven-on-sevens, and he got pumped at practice. It, um, yeah, I think it was Justin Rogers said that he was watching it live. Cephas caught the pass, and then he chucked the ball up in the air as high as he could and just screamed and flexed. That made me hype. That got me excited. Yeah. I am excited for that kid. I really am. What you got any thoughts on that on Cephas in general? Just I wish I had the picture so I could do like an edit or something. I mean, I, or video or I don't know. I just hate that training camp. You're not really able to see um, these plays. You just kind of got to kind of close your eyes after you read them and imagine how they went. You know. Yeah, and like that's exactly what I'm doing in my head, bro. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I know what they're looking like in their jersey. We got pictures. We've seen like a half a video of them on the field. Now we got to picture them in our heads making that play because we can't see it. And I get it. You were talking about it earlier. Yeah, you don't film the practice because then opponents are going to know what plays you run, how you practice, what you do, blah, 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 blah. But it still sucks as a fan. Like you want to watch football. That's what the preseason games are there. Man, we'd be in week three, I think, now. Yeah, in between week, week two. Three. In, between, in between week two and week three. It's which was depressing. the Jets and the Dolphins? Yeah, I think so. Man, dude, that just sucks. But hey, I'm not going to be depressed. It's okay. Football's coming up quicker and quicker and quicker. We're almost there. Hang in, everybody. Hang in. Hang in there. Uh, Okay, you want to talk about um, bad news for one of our rookies, actually, sadly? Yeah, so um, Jashawn Cornell um, out of Ohio State. He was one of the Lions' seventh-round draft picks. Um, I think I saw in day one he beat Tyrell Crosby in a one-on-one drill. But um, 
and another drill he had he had to be carted off with a lower leg injury and this is going to sound even worse make it sound even worse but um i saw somewhere that he tried to get up and walk it off but that he couldn't support his own weight and then they had to call for a cart and then which just sucks to hear yeah and then patricia called it a pretty severe injury which is I don't even know if I've ever heard Patricia come out and comment, nevertheless, like, and comment on how severe that. it is. So, prayers to yeah. him. Hope for a quick and easy recovery. Exactly. Honestly, yeah, I didn't even think about you that when you were saying it. I don't think I've ever heard him say, well, it's pretty severe. Like, it's pretty bad. Like, damn. That sucks, too, because I think we both of us had him making the roster and I think he could have contributed even a little bit just rotating every few plays or every few games but that sucks for him hope he gets better prayers up to you okay uh on a lighter note um our starting offensive line we talked about Jackson starting at right guard I wanted to actually talk about the ages of our offensive line I tweeted this earlier um they're young they really are 27 is not super young but it's still fairly young. So we got from left to right, and this is our starting offensive lineman as of right now for the last couple days. It's Taylor Decker, he's sitting at 26 years old. Joe Dahl at 27. Frank Ragnow, 24. Jonah Jackson, 23. Don't know how to say his first name, Vitae, at 27. Holapuli Holapuli. Exactly. That's what I thought. There we go. <laughs> I told you I'd get it down. Halapulibati. Uh, I think you're missing a. No. What are they even uh, called? Um, oh my gosh. I don't know what word I'm looking for. I think you're missing a syllable. There we go. Halapuli. <laughs> Halapuliti. Isn't there a T at the end? No. Halapulivati. There we go. Halapulivati. Uh huh. I was driving to work Whatever. today and I was saying it in the car on the way. Oh. Gonna get it down. Now we all know what Colton does on his way to work. Alapulivati. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I got it down. Anyways, yeah, we're good. Besides whatever his first name is. Uh huh. You say that. I figured out how to say Aruarie before anyone else did, so I'm <laughs> holding that badge of honor. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm just excited for how young our offensive line is. To be quite honest with you, I'm gonna. Okay, here's my bold prediction. We got Decker, who's a solid offensive tackle. We got Dahl, who's a good offensive guard. Rag Rag now, oh my gosh, Uh, who's a top five center, at least in my opinion. Jackson, who I'm hoping is going to be above average. I think he will be, to be quite honest with you. And Vitae, who we're betting on to be above average too. I think our offensive linemen in overall can be at least top 12. At least, maybe twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe top ten. Honestly, I was about to say that. I'm getting, the, I'm, I'm retracting a little bit, but maybe top ten. What do you think? Ooh, I I'd say like fifteen to ten. That's one. What? One That's like thing. cheating. You're just opting out. I just said twelve or ten, and you just said fifteen to ten. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not pick. being that bold with the offensive line yet. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm just saying. 
I think they will be no matter what. Uh, never mind. That's a, I was going to say 20 to 10, but that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you just proved yeah. my point. You're making it I, too broad. You're giving yourself yeah. an out. That's fair. You're giving Shotgun yourself an again. out. When they land at, yeah, when they land at 15, you're going to be like, I told you so. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's go what ahead. Other thing on the O-line real quick is oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you got? I, th- like, when Vitae was signed, the reaction was extremely negative, I think, by Lions fans. And I haven't seen any negative thing about him coming out of camp have you no i think he may have gotten beat once but i've seen him actually win a majority or almost all of his reps yeah and i think like for offensive linemen that's killing it i think for offensive linemen that's one of the positions where if you don't hear anything bad then that's, that's good. extremely good hell yeah exactly so i thought that was something worth pointing out well, another thing I've actually saw, speaking of the trenches, is that there's actually been a really good back and forth with all of the guys. There's not anybody get, getting constantly beat, and there's not anybody getting constantly stuffed with the one-on-one between the O-line and D-line. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, and speaking of the D-line, some uh, couple negatives that I saw. Uh, our first-team defensive lineman is solid. Or defensive line is solid. I like it. Nick Williams, Danny Shelton, Deshaun Hand. Can't wait to see him back on the field. And Trey Flowers. That's good. That's I'm, I'm excited for that. And then we go to our backup defensive line. This is our second string group. We got Romeo Aquara. He's getting up there. I think he's going to be starting to jack, though. And we have John Penasini, our sixth round or no sorry seventh round um He's, defensive tackle. i thought he was sixth round are you sure no yeah we took two sevenths because then sixth was huntley or maybe fifth, it was two sixths. huntley was in the fifth wasn't he no cephas was in the fifth i don't know dude it's just late guys whatever um, anyway yeah late round pick we got a, yeah exactly penicini late round got a lot to prove roster bubble guy he was now i think he's pretty much set and then we got these guys named Frank Heron and Olive Saga Polu. 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 Yeah. Like Paul Malu. Yeah, that makes sense. Olive Saga Polu. Who the frick is that, dude? Like why <laughs> why why are they why are they backing up Trey Flowers? That is not make me feel good. That is not okay. Trey Flowers goes down, we are freaking screwed. We're done. The other thing that's extremely concerning, I mean, I mean, it's just another part of that, but like Deshaun Hand is really good when he's healthy, but he hasn't been healthy in a mm-hmm. long, long time. Yeah. So that's like just going off of that. Like, gosh, if anybody, if any of those guys go down, then yeah, it's gonna be rough for a little bit. It's going to be bad for a long time. This is why we needed to sign a veteran. And Everson Griffin is on the Cowboys now. And I highly doubt we're going to sign Clowney for that much money. Yeah. And, okay. Do you think we'll even try for... Uh, well, okay. I'm betting we took a flyer on him. But you, do you think we're actually going to try or even be in the top five for Unique at all? And Gawkway from the Jags? No. I think he gets traded tomorrow to the Jets. That's Ooh. the rumor I saw going around. For a second. Okay. Yeah. No, and I don't think I agree with you. 
you don't agree with me? No, I do. I don't think we're in the running for unique at all. Yeah, I think I tweeted about this like a month ago or something. But to be honest, I'm I totally understand why if the Lions didn't sign any or trade for any players, just because of the salary cap dipping down to 175 million, and as of right now we'd be at what 25 million in cap space or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you're trying to win right now, why aren't you going to try and add an extra guy to your defensive line, even if it's a rotational guy that's going to add a few extra sacks, let's say five on the season? That's going to matter. That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that I, I don't think they're going to sign anybody big, any big names. Or I agree. I guess with the that. only big name out there is Clowney, but yeah, you get my point. That's true. Yeah. Well, and like, I'm just frustrated, man. Like. We haven't had a good pass rush in a few years. We haven't. And they are not really fixing it. They got defensive tackles who aren't going to bring that much pass rush. I'm talking about our rookies. Yeah. Um, one of them's probably going to be on IR now. We got Aquara, which he's going to be great, but he's going to be playing Jack. So he's a linebacker, not a defensive lineman. And then we brought in two defensive tackles who I'm excited about, and they'll bring a few sacks. But we need an edge, man. We do. Yeah. We we need another one, and we don't have it. And um, Pierre, Detroit Lions fan page, um, DLFP tweets on Twitter, uh, tweet out the three workouts that the Lions had today. All three of them were edged. Four. All three of them were pass them. rushers. Oh, sorry. All four of them were pass rushers. Yeah. They know they need one. I, I don't know who the heck those no-names were, but they know they need one. We need to... Uh, I'm okay with trading, to be honest. We need to trade for somebody. We do. Any names? Pop out. I want. I want to edge. Um, again with Pierre, he's talking about uh Ryan Kerrigan from the Redskins. Actually, he can play Washington um, football team. Oh, um, excuse me. I'm sorry. The Washington football team. Uh, but yeah, Kerrigan is uh outside guy and he's also a little bit older but he racks up some sacks he's a very good guy to learn from also in the backfield or in the back end but he's a guy to look at what's i'm looking con- at edge. What's ryan kerrigan contract what what does ryan kerrigan's contract look like do you know hold on oh i can I'm hear you typing at... right now let's see what you yeah. got oh five year 57 million when did he let's sign it see i don't know i'm just pulling it up Got you. Let's see. Oh, he's 32. I don't know he was that old. Yeah, he he's is, getting up there, man. He has a cap hit oh, this year of 11.7 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not 100% awful, I guess. And, and he's a free agent after this year. He's a free agent after this year. Yeah, exactly. Restructure it and extend him a couple years. Yeah, I was just I mean, that. like... Yeah, and like, what, his stats last year were 25 tackles, 5.5 sacks, and he only played, what, 12 games? Yeah, he only played 12 games. Two seasons before that, he had, where is it, Um, 13 sacks, and 13 sacks. And then the season before that, he had 11 sacks. The in dude can get to the quarterback. Yeah. He can get to the quarterback, man. So, I don't know. I'm full. That's, 
That's what do you think? I'm not sure about the price. I wouldn't trade for him unless there was a deal in place to once sign him for longer than that. I'd say I'd pay eight for him. Eight million? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with pay that. Eight a year. Yeah, exactly. It depends on how just someone. Deckers and or ta- depends on how Taylor Deckers and Kenny Galladay's contracts end up working out. But yeah, exactly. But that's just someone I don't know. Honestly, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back with y'all. I'm gonna come back on the next podcast. Let you guys know. I'm gonna do some research on the edges that fit our system that I think are in a decent price tag that have some years left because we need to sign an edge rusher or trade for an edge rusher and I want one. I really do. I'm I'm pissed right now, to be quite honest with you. And another thing that concerns me also, some people might like him. Some. I don't know who they are. I hate him personally. I don't think he should be on the roster. I think he should be cut. Christian Jones. He is starting at Jack right now. I hate that. And um, you were telling me that he played about 25% of the snaps Jack last year for the last three or four games, something like that. I don't remember exactly what the duration was or how many games it was, but he did play a decent amount of it at the towards the end of the year. Yeah, and I don't want that. Like, I'm okay with him getting to the quarterback, but he's dropping in the flats and covering running backs. I don't want him covering anybody. I don't trust him to cover anybody. I don't. And most likely reasons, um, also heard in an article, which I agree with, um, Austin Bryant still on the pup list. His injury must be bad. Um, I'm hoping he heals back or heals up and gets back quickly. And then Aquara, which I'm hoping is going to take over that starting Jack role, is um, being brought in slowly. So that's all I got on that. What are your opinions on Christian Jones at the Jack starting? I think it's more of a steady transition to let Julian come in and get acclimated to the NFL. Yeah. I think it's something that they'll – pretty quickly transfer out of I wouldn't expect to see it long term this season not even I short sure term not. nope hell no not at all um okay then let's go ahead and talk about a few camp battles that we got highlighted uh I'll go ahead and start it off with the first one well honestly we pretty much talked about it just gonna skim it over it again real quick Chase Daniel versus David Blau I do think Chase Daniel is definitely gonna win that number two but having Blau at that three and you agree with me there pretty much, right? Yeah, Blau at three, Daniel at two. Yep, keeping both yep. of them. And then um, wide receiver five. This is going to be a position that has a lot of competition. Um, three names that are well-known by the Lions competing for that spot is going to be Quintez Cephas, our wide receiver that we drafted, a rookie out of Wisconsin. Jamal Agnew returner corner transition to wide receiver this year and we got chris lacy who we just resigned right now those are three guys that all the lions fan base knows fairly well so who do you think has the i guess advantage for wide receiver five and who do you think is going to make it i think that it's quintess cephas's job to lose or not job to lose it's his roster spot to lose um yeah and i don't think he will i think i don't I think he'll win that pretty solidly and end up being the Lions wide receiver five. Exactly. And that's that's how I see it too. 
I don't know if there's a spot for Agnew on the roster, to be quite honest with you. It's looking at looking a lot different now than it did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was and then, t- yeah, I was telling you about that spreadsheet that I made where I kind of got like oh yeah. got it in Google Sheets where like I'll I'll delete a name and then it will tell me how many more players I need to cut. And dude, it's hard getting down to fifty three. It's mm-hmm. hard. And that's good. That means we got competition finally. At least I'm hoping we do. Yeah. So it's it'll be interesting to see whether or not Agnew makes it. Very interesting. Um, okay, let's go ahead and have you talk about one of the training camp battles that you got highlighted on there. Yeah, so one of the ones that I think is going kind of under the radar right now is Bo Scarborough versus Jonathan Williams. Um, Jonathan Williams, I had a total mind blank when the Lions signed him, but he was that Colts running back that played against the Chiefs last year um, and just ran all over him. And he, and I think that's a position that I think Bo will win that pretty easily, but I still think it's good yep. for some competition that uh, to push him a little bit, you know. And which which is good, it is because I saw like yeah, what happens if Bo gets hurt? Because I saw Bo got rocked actually by JRM Jalen Reese Maven, <laughs> who's also actually been doing very good this um, camp. He was also doing last year, and he's also a very good special teamer, so. It's good to see um, if he's able to get some more playing time this season. I do like um, his size, to be quite honest with you. I like those faster, smaller linebackers. So I'm hoping he gets a little bit more playing time and is able to fly around and cover for. Anyways, but yeah, let's say that Bo gets hurt during the season. We re-sign Jonathan Williams. We already know what he's got. We're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, so off of that, another running back competition, which I don't even think is a competition, to be quite honest with you. I think we'll keep... um, Honestly, yeah, I think we can keep all of them. I think we got Carry On and Swift, and then Bo as our three. And then I think we can keep Ty Johnson and Huntley. I don't think there's really a competition for that spot, though, at that last running back spot. Ty Johnson was taking reps with the ones, actually, today, a decent amount, because Carry On Johnson had a scheduled, yeah. or sorry, yeah, yesterday, scheduled maintenance day. So taking a little bit of day off, and Ty Johnson and... Uh, Swift are both getting the bulk of those carries. So, yeah, I really don't see that as being a competition between those two, to be completely honest with you. How about you? Um, I I think Ty Johnson wins that, but it's sort. Do you? How many running backs do you think the Lions keep on their roster? I think we keep. I think we keep all of them. I think we keep five. Keep five. Yeah, there's no fullback. Ooh. Oh, and I guess that leads into another topic that you were talk uh, wanted to bring up. Yeah. So. One thing that hasn't I haven't seen anything about it is this whole is Bodden gonna make the roster or is Isaac not as blocking at fullback enough? And so that's something I'm gonna really keep an eye on going forward. And it's no one thinks that the fullback position is very glamorous in football. So I get why it hasn't been highlighted yet. But yeah, if we don't keep a fullback, I think we can keep five. Honestly, I really do. So that's my prediction. Um I'll share with you that Google sheet and you you gotta mess with it. Oh, I'm going to, dude. It's going to be like a freaking game. It's almost like predicting playoff records. It'll be fun. Um, Okay, I got uh, one last thing, but I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about a couple of your thoughts before I um, talk about my last battle, one of my favorite ones. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The last one I really got hasn't really been talked about too much is the whole punter battle. Um, 
And that's Aaron Sipos versus Jack Fox. So, also something to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. Super exciting there. Woohoo. <laughs> Not nearly Wendell. as exciting as the one you're about to talk about. Yes, sir. Long snapper battle, baby. Um, no, uh, in the last segment of Jeremy, Jeremy Reisman's article, it talked about how Mule snaps, Death Taxes and Mule, you all know who he is. His snaps were much tighter spirals than Wartell's, the guy we got out of Iowa State, undrafted free agent rookie. There's no surprise there, to be quite honest with you. Mule's not going anywhere. Just like I said last year, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before. He ain't going anywhere till he retires. So, love having a little segment and being able to read about the long snapper battle. That just, man, that just wakes me up, man. That just gets me excited, baby. Woo! <laughs> um, okay. Anyways, that will lead us into our last segment of the day. That is the funniest tweet you saw on Twitter today. And I actually got one that popped into my head. So, um, I'll start off with mine, and then you can go ahead and finish off with yours. So, the one that I saw, it was that the NFL is actually considering pumping in virtual crowd noise into the stadium. So, that's interesting, and I get it. There's, like, they're doing the virtual fans everywhere. I know we've seen that with the NBA and with the MLB. So, I think we'll probably do a little bit of that. And then, along with the crowd noise, it adds the game environment. It makes sense. So, um, NFL memes on Instagram, uh, they retweeted it and said the Falcons were just ahead of their time. (laughs) (laughs) I did see that. Oh my gosh. My best friend's a Falcons fan. I said that to him. Even he started laughing. He's like, I'm sorry. It's just too funny, man. (laughs) That was good. That was, that was a good one. So that's the funniest one I saw today. Um, what's the funniest one you got? Um, so the. Uh, the one I chose for today is Stefan Gilmore's tweet, um, quote tweeting uh, Bleacher Report, and in that in that tweet, uh, it's a Bills. I can't tell if it's a drill or yeah, it's just looks like a simple like route running, and it's Stefan Diggs running like a oh what Cor- yeah corner a corner <laughs> yeah, like not that long, but Gil- Gilmore quote tweets it and he says thanks for showing me. The routes teams work on. So, <laughs> going back to that reason of not recording training camp so Gilmore doesn't mm-hmm. lock down Stefan Diggs on corner routes. Well, like, it was a route where it really was, like, a double move. Like, you, he had the inside fake and outside. I'm like, dude, that was, like, it wasn't just, like, a slant. Like, he actually set he up. Trying. He set his shoulders, right? Yeah, he was trying. He was trying. And <laughs> It's whatever. It's pretty funny, though. Not going to lie. So yeah. those those were our tweets of the day, and I'm hoping you guys enjoyed episode four of the Blue Blood podcast uh, training camp, along with all of our notes and battles and future battles that will be coming up in camp. So if you don't got anything else, you good? Yep. All right. That's we're all gonna I go got. ahead and wrap this up, guys. Thank you very much for joining us on the Blue Blood Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, signing off. Peace out, guys. This is Colton. See you later. Peace.